0: If you're thinking about moving to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, or just want to know what it's like there, you're in luck. This episode, I have Sandy Schwartz from Fort Lauderdale with me. This is Wanna Move There, the podcast devoted to helping Central Pennsylvanians get the info they need to decide whether they want to move somewhere else out of the area, like Fort Lauderdale. I am your host, Derek Bixler, realtor of 15 years. I grew up on the hill in Harrisburg, went to Mechanicsburg High School, go Wildcats, and went up to Penn College of Technology in Williamsport for mass communications, I told Sandy earlier, which he also went for. Uh, Contact me if you need to buy or sell a home. I've been a realtor for 15 glorious years here in central Pennsylvania. Uh, Call me, text me, email me, throw a rock through my window, send a carrier pigeon, whatever you need to do. We still need inventory pretty badly, and Sandy's going to let us know what it's like down there, if it's the same. And it has, I will say it's died down slightly, so it's a kind of a good time for buyers to get back out there. Uh, A reminder that whether you're watching on live or on a replay, ask a question in the comments or tell us where you're watching from. And if we don't see it during the episode, we'll come back later and address your comments. There's a lot going on here with all the buttons and everything so sometimes we miss those things uh and a reminder that all the replays are on youtube instagram facebook uh youtube uh i already said that one itunes spotify all the audio places so wherever you like to consume your content it is there and now without further ado i will bring in sandy schwartz uh i'm gonna bring up your bio so i can tell everybody a little bit about you but in the meantime say hi to everybody
1: hey everybody i'm sandy schwartz from sunny south florida but it's not sunny today it's great (laughs) <laughs> and that's
0: going to be our first question after I read your bio is the climate. So you can tell us about that. Uh, so I'll tell everybody a little bit about you. Sandy grew up in Buffalo, New York, so not in Florida, a little bit further north in the colder regions. Uh, he went to boarding school outside of Buffalo. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, he went to Adelphi College in Garden City, Long Island. And I've got instead of my form, I have it on a piece of paper. That's why I'm looking down and not at all you guys. Um, but uh, his favorite color is blue. His favorite color Food is Peking duck. Is that the kind of duck you see hanging in the window when you walk past the places?
1: Actually, it's not. It's a specialized. It, it might be. I take that back. It might be, but it's like it takes three days to cook. There's one great restaurant in New York City that I get it all the time. There happens to be a Peking duck down the street from where I live here in in Florida. So, we're okay. Very- so
0: it's yeah. a a long process that takes a while. Yeah, it's gotcha. Uh, well, if I ever beautiful. come. No what is is it with like a stir fry with vegetables
1: and stuff? No, and they basically cook the duck. It's like crispy brown, and then they, they bring it out to your table and they chop chop, 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 and they put it into pancakes, which are like tortillas. They put some scallions and uh, what else? They put cucumbers and some duck sauce and roll it up and eat it like a burrito, and it's, uh, it's deadly good.
0: That sounds pretty great. And the place is called Peking Duck.
1: Yeah, there's one on 53rd Street, which is my favorite, favorite. It's called Peking Duck House. And then there's one here in Pompano called Peking Duck House.
0: Nice. And, so if yeah. you're down there,
1: hit it up. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you, you don't have any pets,
0: but you did, say you, ha- you did say that you had one dog twice. Tell so me a little I, bit about that.
1: I had a dog when I lived in Dallas and I bought a house there and I kept going to my backyard after work going, where's where's my dog so i went to the spca i adopted this really cute little dog that i got 13 great years out of it and then uh the second dog was that was an australian shepherd beagle mix the second dog was a brussels griffon which we brought back from russia he was my my now my new wife's dog and uh when we got married she brought him over and he was the coolest little dog in the world
0: how do you transport a dog like that?
1: Uh, through uh, Lufthansa, actually, with a lot of money. Was it? This is a very expensive dog. 20 years ago, it was about, about 5,000 euros. Wow. As a, puppy, as a puppy. This is a very expensive <laughs> dog. But so you definitely
0: was, want to bring it with you if you're moving, and you can't yeah. just leave it there.
1: Yeah, you know, well, we left it with the guy. It's a long story, but her best friend's dad bought the dog, after a year of her going over there, visiting, the dog kept going to her. So they said, let's give her the dog. And so, that's huh. the dog, uh, went, Is that a little dog? A little dog, 10 pounds. So you and, could
0: these days you could probably take it with you in the plane, possibly.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He was very cool. He would just sit there and sleep. Um, I actually used to drive for Uber for a little while, and he used to be in the car with me. And as soon as somebody came in, as a customer, he would just line up the passenger seat and be very cool. He was awesome.
0: Awesome. Perfect companion, especially yeah. when you're Uber driving, to have someone there with you that, that won't speak or get in the way but can be your like little friend while you're out there.
1: Well, when we were by ourselves, he would bark all the time, telling me, you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way.
0: <laughs> and there's a lot of sitting around sometimes when there's not a next ride. I've heard that you're like sitting around waiting for the next ride, so you're probably right. working or...
1: Well, you know, you try you you try to cheat the system by going to the airport, and there will be three hundred cars there. And if it's not a busy airport, you could wait an hour to two hours for a ride, which doesn't usually work out because they're usually going maybe ten minutes away. So oh. I learned that one the hard way.
0: <laughs> should do a uh, somebody should do a Uber Uber Lyft or a, a ride share confessions. Remember they used to have taxi cab confessions.
1: They're out there. They're out there definitely.
0: yeah Yeah, that'd be awesome and you mentioned your wife svetlana who is russian and came from russia with her dog you said and you don't have any kids and your hobbies are golf rock crawling which i want to hear a little bit about bills football in the new new york yankees uh baseball so the rock crawling this is like the jeeps with the you barely put any air in your tires yada yada
1: all that stuff Air down to like six pounds sometimes if you have uh Speed locks, you can go even lower, but you put a lot of steel on these things. Basically, you spent about $30,000 for the Jeep, and then you put another 20000 of steel underneath. And it's lots of rock. I was in Southern California, and the first time I went out, we were in front of this big boulder field, and I said, Well, what am I to expect? And they said, You're going to hear banging. And I'm like, Banging? What's that? He says, You'll see. <laughs> and so, I come off the top of the first rock and I thought my bones were going to shatter. It was so loud and so hard. I'm like, Oh my God. So what the hell was that? And they go, it's banging. Can I say that? (laughs) Use the H word.
0: So, yeah, sure. I think yeah. Glenda's episode was the first episode. We had a couple swear words. I just have to check the not for kids button or whatever on YouTube, right. but it's fine. Right. Yeah. But so the was, rock crawl, So the banging is both the truck and your bones being shook around kind of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it was so much fun. It's actually a great family sport is rock crawling, off-roading because there's a lot of bonding time, which is really amazing. Because you
0: actually work together. You're not out there by yourself. Most videos I've seen is, is there's a bunch of you that kind of go out and then you get to a really hard spot and everybody gets out in the spots for you and says, right. go, go a little bit, stop, don't turn this way, do this. Cause it's, it's not just like rolling over a bunch of rocks. There's technical things about it, right?
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I used to work
1: at a network out in California. And one of my friends decided to based on my Jeep. He went and bought himself one. It was brand new, $50,000. And he took it up onto this ridge, which wasn't very hard, but he got stuck sideways. And my friends were actually jumping on his jeep, and it's like, ah, oh, no, no, no! And it was something. <laughs> and you use winches? Do you all have a winch on the front, back, you whatever? You have two winches on each on on each end. Uh, it depends on how much money you want to spend. You can spend a lot of money. I usually spent if I broke something it was like a thousand dollars every weekend. So it was not a cheap not a cheap thing but it was so much fun because I worked in I was a video editor for many years and so to do that to do that you need to relax and that way I got out into the wilderness and I just it was so much fun yeah,
0: it sounds like it could be expensive. I know my mountain bike, kind of the same thing. When you you get this brand new mountain bike, you're like, yay. And then it feels bad. You're banging it on stuff and you kind of try not to bang it on stuff. And then you realize, all right, this is the sport. This is banging on stuff. It's going to break. I think I pay more to maintain my bike than my car for sure. <laughs> not even yeah, think. Exactly. Um, so that, that sounds super fun. I could talk about that all day, uh, right. but we won't, I guess. We'll talk about real estate a little bit. But before okay. we do that, let's talk about your background a little bit more. i like to know what you were like as a kid. Obviously you weren't a real estate agent back then. You weren't editing videos back then. So back in, maybe in boarding school, were you in band? Did you play any sports, debate club, any
1: extracurriculars or anything? Well, the school was really small at the time. Didn't have a lot of funding. So we basically played lacrosse and we- played Wait, school. wait,
0: wait. you It was a hoity-toity, very expensive school, but they didn't have any funding?
1: Well. To, to do all that other stuff, you still need funds. I mean, they gotta pay for the teachers and they gotta pay for it, you know, it was a, it was ninety-five kids when I started there. And when I graduated there were 115. So not I mean, it sounds like a lot of money, but you have to maintain the buildings. I mean, the place was founded in 1926, so they had a lot of maintenance on those buildings. And uh, they had a big piece of property that had it on Ski Hill. Oh, we skied, yes. We had a great racing team, ski, ski team.
0: Okay. Nice. And can you, you were located within some other school district, I'm assuming. So if somebody wanted to play basketball or something, can you then, if you go to a private school, can you play like on the,
1: the public school team? Well, now they have a basketball team, but they didn't then. There was none of that. You know, can my can my uh, guy at my school come play at your school? Wasn't That didn't exist.
0: Not yeah, we I, probably have enough players already. If you want to play here, then go here.
1: Go <laughs> you here, know, exactly, exactly.
0: But that's awesome.
1: It was a beautiful countryside. It was in a valley uh, outside of a town called East Aurora, which is where Fisher Price and Moog, and the synthesizer fame and the car parts fame, that's all based there. And it just was—it was so pretty. I love being there. Do a lot of fun.
0: Hiking. Ooh, that appeals to me for sure. you are saying the magic keywords for me. So what, uh, after high school, you went to college for radio, film, and television. Um, was there a reason you went into that when you went to college? Uh, well, I, I
1: only went to college for two years, two years. Um, the first year I went for marketing actually, but that was kind of, I thought I was going into advertising my whole family was in advertising. And then I took a year off and I worked in a factory down here in Florida building professional recording equipment. And then I went back to school and I said, oh, I'm going to just try jazz, sculpture, film 101. And that's how I learned about film editing and I fell in love with it. And I said, at the end of the second semester, I said, that's what I want to do for this. And that's and what then I'm what got. did
0: you do for work after you studied it?
1: Oh, I actually went into the film business. I was working for a film editor that uh, was doing covergirl commercials, GMC trucks, uh, that kind of stuff. They had an office in Detroit and in New York City. Um, I used to go watch Woody Allen play his, his clarinet every Monday after, Monday evening. It was a bar right down the street, right downstairs from us. That was where Woody Allen used to play clarinet. And uh, that was that was so much fun. And I, and I, I then went from job to job and I learned to do what they call color correction, which was really cool. And I worked on a ton of music videos, uh, for salt and pepper, Biz Marquee, kid and play fresh Prince, Lenny Kravitz, Metallica. I worked with, uh, Michael Jackson when, uh, Martin Scorsese did his bad video. I worked on baseball. The, the documentary by ken burns i worked on a show called the equalizer which is not the same equalizer as they have now it was an old british guy who was XCIA, cia and he used to help people in distress and that was the current equalizer
0: is queen latifah is that who it is yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> i don't I watch be- it
0: but i think i saw a commercial
1: yes it is. it is so when
0: you worked for this editor was this is like a freelance editor that gets jobs and then you were like his apprentice or or mentee or something I,
1: I started out sweeping floors there, but no, the, he was staff editor at an editorial house. There were three of them. And then each one had his own assistant. And then as the senior assistant went, then the, then the juniors would move up, follow him up the chain, and then they would become editors after that. But oh. I was, I was staff for over 10 years. And then I got fired from my last full-time job in, in Dallas. and. My boss said, "You're going to thank me for this someday," and I said, "I said, oh yeah, sure I am," and I did. It was, it was one of the best things that could have happened to me. That's awesome.
0: And you named some big names who I obviously know, and any of the uh, Gen Xers out there for sure know all those hip hop names. And I grew up with hip hop. So I love all the names you mentioned there. Kid and Play, Salt and Pepper, Will Smith. My ex-wife used to say I'm gay for Will Smith. I love me some Will Smith in any a movie. Any, anything with Will Smith. Pretty much Will Smith, Jim Carrey, and uh, Zach Morris. You put those three together, that's pretty much what I'm made out of is those three people, I think. Um, so that's awesome. When you're working on a project like that, are you on set ever, or you're, you never really meet the people you're not on set, you're somewhere else.
1: Sometimes I would be on set, but usually I was working in a facility that had all the equipment because it was very expensive, very large equipment. I had controllers that were like six feet long that I had to twist the buttons and turn the knobs and play with the trackballs And, uh, It's, it was, it was a really interesting job. So then
0: do you get to go to like premieres? Do they have premieres for music videos and that kind of thing?
1: No, I didn't do that kind of stuff. I was not, I was not about networking at the time. I was just about doing my job and going home and I worked really hard and anybody who worked with me loved me. So that
0: was, is that something that editors get? Uh, asked to do like for a movie, if there's an edit, do you get? Do they get at? Like, if you wanted to go, you could go to the premiere or something.
1: Yeah, sometimes they do. I didn't. I didn't work on a lot of movies. I worked on commercials, TV shows, documentaries, that kind of thing. And it usually just shows on the air. So there's not really. There's not usually a premiere. There was one I did about the making of the movie Giants, which was Jane Dean's last film. And I actually did speak at South by Southwest the first year they had filmed. And, uh, that was down in Austin and that was really cool. And, uh, it was, that was a fun project. I love, I love documentaries.
0: Yeah, that sounds super fun. And then last question about the video editing, cause I like this topic. And like I said, I love Will Smith and all these artists that you name. So when you're editing a music video, how much, uh, total footage do you get to then whittle
1: down to that three minutes or so? Well, it depends on the director and it depends on the look. There was a period where they were shooting. They figured out how to shoot six frames a second in sync which was a real difficult thing to do because they were shooting on film and you had to sync up the sound to the film and i had a director that shot twenty-eight thousand feet which came to about uh i want to say 10 12 hours of footage and you have to go through and color correct it and there's all kinds of blurries and streakies and stuff like that and then you you get it down to like three minutes you're basically just trimming out all the fat getting rid of getting rid of getting rid of and finding wow. the pieces yeah
0: and do they tell you what they want let do they give you direction
1: or they're like here's the stuff sometimes they do sometimes they do sometimes they'll say okay i want to use that piece and i want to use that piece and then sometimes they'll say just do something really cool and then you got to come up with ideas Here's I said it
0: was going to be the last question, but it's not one more. So are, are, are they sitting behind you sometimes? or Are you left to your own devices or sometimes they want to be there?
1: Well, the, the ones that sit behind you, those are usually the biggest pains in the butt. But but uh, a lot of times they'll say, here's here's the footage and show me what you can do. And I'll just come up with something and they'll they'll come in and say either I hate it, it sucks. Or they'll say, oh, my God, that's amazing. And they'll just do little tiny tweaks. I actually directed one commercial. uh, One of the towers of a radio station fell down and killed three people. And so they had to build a new tower. And I I actually directed a commercial for them to say, hey, we're back. And I had to fly to San Francisco and shoot Dave Cause. And then I came back to Dallas and I basically cut the piece and it was done. But I left one piece kind of hanging in the wind, kind of loose. And I said, so is there anything that you guys want to see, Want you know, want to change? And I would have to basically point to the shot to see if they wanted, oh, yeah, let's fix that. And that way they have their, their little thumbprint on it. People That's like cool. to think that they're part of it. So you do that and it makes them happy. Right,
0: just appease them. Sure, you humor them, yeah. and then, and then maybe it doesn't even end up being in there. Yeah, sure, I'll do that, and then you
1: gotta do your own thing later, maybe. Oh, I, I would have clients sitting behind me when I'm doing color correction. It's such fine tuning, and I basically they would say, "Can you fix this?" and make it a little less clean or a little less this, and I would just, I would be going to the controls. And before I got there, they go, "Stop! That's perfect." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> okay." Great, yeah. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So
0: that sounds like a pretty exciting life. So why did you leave video editing to do what you're doing now to be a real estate agent?
1: Well, honestly, until um, I moved to Florida, I had been doing it for over 30 years, 35 years. And then I came here to help take care of my mom, who has since passed away. But she had a great life. And uh, I basically tried to get busy doing editing, and nobody wanted to pay me my anywhere near my rate. And then the ones who would pay me then would complain about the cost of the invoice. And I said, you know what? I, I can't keep doing this. It's not, It's like banging your head against the wall. Wasn't enough money to support myself down here. And, you know, I used to make 100 to $200 an hour. And I used to make like $600 a day sometimes, you know. And now I'm making $25 an hour. And they want me I work five hours and they want me to cut that in half. I'm like, not worth it.
0: Yeah. And probably not as high profile. I mean, it's not, Florida is not a, a main place for film and television and all that kind of stuff. So what kind of jobs did you even do?
1: It was for a while, but I was doing mostly, oops, sorry. I was doing mostly, uh, like corporate events. Like we have a new pier right down the street from where I live. I was, I did a video about that new bridge. You know, city, You know, the city of Pompano would hire this person, and she would hire me to do the editing. She would have somebody else shoot it, and it was, it was okay. But it was just, you know, she was like, she never budgeted enough. And hey, can you save me a couple of dollars? I'm like, great. So, <laughs> I th- I finally laid down the law when I started doing real estate. I said, if you want me to work for you, this is how much it's going to cost. No questions asked. She hasn't called me since.
0: <laughs> I feel you. I do mark digital marketing for small businesses and other realtors sometimes. And it's always, they think, they think it's going to be really cheap, but it's, it's a hundred, $200 an hour. And I used to skimp, but now I just, that's my rate. And if you don't want that, then right. I'll, I'll go sell a house instead of doing this. Yeah, right. totally. So when you made the leap, why did you decide to do real estate? You needed something else to do to bring income in. Why real well, estate?
1: I did a lot of different things. I, well, I was taking care of my mother. So I started going in health, home health care because you're being of service. And I thought that was pretty cool until I would get two people that had Alzheimer's and one would be totally nuts. The other one would be totally sane. And then they'd flip flop and the other one would be threatening me with a knife, get out of my house, get out of my house. And I said, I got to do something else. And my wife had always said, you should go into real estate. And I just said, no, that's just too much work. Got to take tests. I don't test well. And so uh, she took a class, and two weeks into it, she said, "Come on with me." And I said, "Okay, I got. I figure I was driving for Uber, so I could take a couple hours every, you know, every week and take the class." And when I finished the class, my nephew, who is a very strong earner down here, he said, "Come work with me." And all I was doing was harvesting his leads, handling his websites, that kind of thing. And he he makes a lot of money. He's very successful. And then when I a year later, I actually took my test last February and I passed. And it's been go 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 since then. It's been great. So what about
0: Svetlana? Is she also doing it or she did she not end up doing it?
1: She never took the test. She just because that was right when COVID started. So she didn't get a chance to take the test. And she really didn't want to. I think she did it because she wanted me to do it. And uh, she does home health care now. She takes care of very nice people that just need help. So, so you
0: guys kind of switched. She she, she kind of mind, mind, mind tricked you into doing it. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Hats yeah. off to Svetlana for that little mind game
1: trick there. Yeah, she's my Yoda. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's awesome. So now you're in real estate down there in Fort Lauderdale, a lot warmer than Buffalo, where you uh, grew up. And we're going to yeah. talk about the climate a little bit as our first thing. But... First, I am going to bring up the map here for people that don't know where Fort Lauderdale is, and I will zoom in. You can see the United States here, and obviously everybody knows where Florida is, and you can see the little pin down there, and I'm going to zoom in, and you can see that Fort Lauderdale is down there, kind of close to Miami. How f- far from Miami would that be, Sandy?
1: Uh, we're about uh, 40 minutes away, 30 to 40 minutes, depending on traffic. It could be an hour. You know, are the, okay. the pretty old, so they uh yeah but it is it's not that far i actually used to live up near Boca, and uh that was a that was in 55 miles each way so that was an hour each way
0: yeah and Uh, you can uh, see that uh, it's on the east coast of Florida, not the Gulf coast. I've heard that. Well, we'll talk about it a little bit. I don't want to bring more questions in. I just want everybody to know where it is. And I'm actually learning a lot about geography as I do these things. I had no idea. I knew Fort Lauderdale was in Florida, but I didn't know where exactly. So that's kind of cool. So now everybody has an idea of where Fort Lauderdale, Florida is. I'm going to stop sharing my screen. So tell us a little bit about the climate. Obviously it's hot. It's Florida. Um, What is it like right now? We just hit Cold weather, it's starting to get 40s, 50s here. What's it like down there?
1: Well, I was playing golf yesterday. It was like the first time I played golf in a while, and it was in the mid, low to mid 80s, and that's cold for here. That's <laughs> yeah, it is cold for here. But it was it was great. But it's usually in the summertime. It's a, it's 95 to 105 every day. Um, in the winter time, it gets down into the 70s, like December, January. There'll be a cold snap of a couple weeks where it gets down into the 40s. Which, if you're driving a motorcycle, which I used to do a long time ago, that's not fun. But, but, uh, and we have basically dry season is starting now. It doesn't rain a lot. I mean, it's little, it's like these, it's kind of like what was it, Truman Show? When he's on the beach, it starts raining over him and it's just over him. It's kind of like that. You have these little rainstorms. And then you move a little bit and it's done and uh they just because of the temperature the heat inversion and stuff like that you're basically um so the winter it's it's very very dry and and going into the summer's dry and then it becomes hurricane season where it rains every day and uh but it's also sunny during the day it's like It'll be sunny in the morning, and then in the evening, the heat will come off the ground, and it will start to heat up the clouds and create rain. So we have lots of rain down here. And if there's a hurricane, which there wasn't this year, thank God, it can be pretty devastating.
0: Yeah, you're right on the coast there, right? Where it's going to hit land, landfall. And, um, you, you touched on what I was going to ask. That's always my main question. Every time I visit Florida, I feel like it storms every day, cats and dogs for like five, 10 minutes, and then all of a sudden before and after it's always completely sunny and awesome. You just have to assume there's going to be a rainstorm sometime that day, but it won't last very long. Is there, do those storms last
1: longer during hurricane season? Sometimes they happen all day long. I mean, if there is a hurricane, like Hurricane Irma came through about four years ago, five years ago, I think. But uh, that was that was actually centered on the west coast of Florida and the bands came here. So it was raining, 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 power went out. And uh, depending on what neighborhood you lived in, power would be out for maybe an hour to weeks. And uh, it doesn't matter how much money you make. If you're in a nice neighborhood, with you <laughs> crappy infrastructure, you're going to have a problem with that. So. so are
0: generators common in hurricane places like that?
1: Oh, there you are. Are you back? Well, you're frozen. There you are. Okay. <laughs> you were frozen. Now we're back. <laughs> no, you were frozen. Okay. Yeah.
0: So do people have generators?
1: Uh, because yeah. of the hurricanes, yeah. My, my sister has a beautiful home. She's lived in for 40 years, right out, right off the intercoastal, and she has a generator that powers her whole her whole property. It's fed by natural gas, actually.
0: And do people ever? Do you have to ever evacuate? I know, I know. A lot of times, the evacuation order comes, or we're strongly encouraged, but people usually hunker down and stay there anyway. How does evacuation? Does it ever happen? Do people leave? Well,
1: during that Irma, my wife was doing home health care. She was at her woman's house where she was working, and the woman wouldn't go to her son's house, which was totally decked out with generators and all that. And so my wife was there, and I couldn't reach her because her, her phone went dead. You know, there's no power for like yes. two weeks. And uh, it's just, it's just, uh, it's a little insane that way. You're worried about people and you can't get in touch with them. And I was with my mother who lives inland. So our house, I actually, we had old wooden doors on our front and I actually nailed them shut to make sure. But now we have hurricane proof doors of the, the zoning department or somebody in Pompano Beach said, you've got to change your doors. So we did. And do places like that have shutters that actually work? They do. They do. Um, they have, Sometimes they have shutters that totally enclose your house which means you're in a dark cocoon which sucks um, but most of the most of the new the newer construction all has hurricane rated windows and doors and uh, it's uh, it's it's just it's it's uh, it, it's I' I would feel safe in a hurricane in my house. Now.
0: Yeah, and I'm probably the weird one, but I kind of look – I would look forward – I would almost like catastrophes. Like here one time, we have a big snowstorm. All the power goes out. I'm like, great. I get to get all my gear out and my survival thing and make things happen and maybe have a a marshmallow party or or something fun that you wouldn't normally do. I kind of like it a little bit sometimes here and there. Well,
1: here, I mean when there's a hurricane, you can't see anything. It's like snow. I mean, it's, you don't see, I I have a building that's maybe 200 yards away from me. Can't see it at all. Can't see the street. It's just, it's, it's just crazy. And, uh, and then there are those that are, you know, got to have the 55 gallon drums of kerosene and water. I mean, I get these giant tubs from Home Depot and I fill it up with water and I fill up the bathtub. That's, you know, that's what they say. Fill up the bathtub, make sure you have plenty of water and uh, have a lot of foods that you can eat that you don't have to cook, that kind of thing.
0: Huh. Yeah. Kind of the prepper lifestyle scaled down just a little bit to hold you right. over if you
1: feel like you need to. Right. It's not like California where, you know, an earthquake can happen at any time. You don't know what's going to happen. I have friends who live through like Northridge and the San Francisco earthquake. And it's, that's, I mean, I've, I've been in earthquakes out there and it's, it's just, it's not the same, but this here it's, I mean, if you're okay with getting a little wet,
0: you're fine. And at least you get some warning. I never thought about that part of it. We always, I say that as a plus about central PA, we don't really have lots of bad hurricanes or earthquakes or any wildfires or natural disasters or anything. Um, and then I think about the other places that do. And I didn't think about that plus that if you're in a hurricane place rather than a earthquake place, you at least get some advanced warning and maybe, maybe earthquake Advanced warning is getting a little bit better, but probably nowhere near what a, a hurricane you can just see from a satellite Here's the storm it's moving this way right
1: they, and they keep an eye like when there is a hurricane they're on twenty four hours a day and they're saying, okay, it just moved five miles this way, six miles that way and you know and they talk about Puerto Rico and Cuba and how they've they're getting hit and there's and the, you know how big is how big is the hurricane that so it's, it's pretty safe, but if it's getting close and you're not out of the state, you're not going.
0: And then yeah. do the, the quick rainstorms and going away, is that kind of because of the landscape? Because there's, there's no mountains, or maybe you don't know why, but it's flat there, right? So stuff kind of probably Very just flat. moves through and keeps yeah. moving.
1: Well, what happens is, is basically there's prevailing winds. Usually it comes from the ocean, and then it goes across west, but sometimes it comes from the Gulf and it comes east but um it is about the heat so what happens is the land you know is like a radiator and it holds on or a heat sink and it holds on to the heat you if you're out if you like we have a door on the west side of our apartment and when the sun hits it during the summer you don't want to touch the door on the outside it'll burn you and the and the concrete of the floor it, it holds the heat so in the evening, even if it cools off a little bit, it still radiates out of the ground. So what happens is the, the, the heat will radiate off the earth, and then if there's moisture in the air, which there usually is, it creates clouds and it creates rain. and It's like these little storms pop up. And then there's
0: no mountains or hills to keep, like in Central PA, we're in a valley, Susquehanna Valley, so everything comes and sits here. I think somewhere, I heard we have 70 days of pure sunshine per year, so the valley really keeps us in the overcast, um, which doesn't happen in flat places, I guess.
1: That's what it was like in Buffalo, it would be rainy in the morning and then sunny in the afternoon. Here, when it's sunny, it's usually sunny all day except for little spots of rain, you'll see you'll see like little tiny clumps of clouds going over the earth and uh, just dropping rain off when it gets over the land.
0: Nice. Very cool. I keep thinking they need, somebody needs to invent a, like a drone cloud for shade that Mm -hmm. like just follows you around and keeps the shade or at the amusement park. If you could like rent a, a, Cloud, a virtual cloud or something, that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to bring the map up again here to talk about the commute a little bit. So where people that live there, are they retired or are they working? And if they're working, where are they working? Are they working in Fort Lauderdale or are they commuting down to Miami or, or what happens there?
1: Well, a little history when uh, there was a guy named uh, Flagler, Henry Flagler. He's the guy who built the trains that came down here. So this was all swamps at one time. And so he came, he said, well, you know, the rich people needed a place to go. So he basically bought up all the land he could find, built trains that went from town to town. And he would build these giant, beautiful palaces or hotels. And they, the people, the rich people would go and stay there in the, in the winter for like half the season, for half the year. We call that seasonal or snowbirds. Or snowbirds. They get out of the snow um and then as more wealthy people would move down here because oh it's so nice down here it would be it would you would need support people you know so people would move down here for jobs used to be there were ads in the newspaper do you want to buy some florida swamp lane and the people who were smart and bought it up they're now wealthy as can be uh, i know one guy that owned a piece of property that he was a lighting director and he bought up a piece of property and it's now one of the most exclusive places in Boca Raton. And he That's is- funny. Cause
0: they used to that. It didn't that used to be a saying if somebody said something ridiculous, Oh yeah. If you believe that I got some swampland to sell you in Florida. So that yeah. actually would have been a good thing to do.
1: I mean, a good thing to do. Yes. I wish I had known what I know now because I definitely would have bought some or I would huh. have convinced my parents to buy some. Huh.
0: And that that brings up a question. When I was flying, when we went skydiving down in Sarasota recently, um, I was asking the skydiver, my guy, and he didn't know the answer. There are all these, every neighborhood, it seemed like from the aerial view has a lake or some kind of water source in the middle of it, but there didn't seem to be any docks or anybody using it for anything. Um, So what, what is that for? Is that replacing the, since it was built on swampland, they have to then have retention
1: ponds. Is that what those, Things are. I think it's it's more because because every piece of property starts out as a flat piece of dirt, and so for aesthetics, they build lakes and they put in trees and they put in grass and it's all it's all irrigated. But uh, where you see docks are usually you'll see docks on like some canals that you can't really go anywhere, so there will be docks but no boats, and then you'll see some docks with little boats on these bigger lakes but what the real cool thing is the, is the rivers that feed the intercoastal. The intercoastal is basically a waterway that goes from Miami all the way to, I think it's Maryland or Pennsylvania. I don't even know how far north it goes. And there's, I live on the barrier island, which is between the intercoastal and the ocean. So what they did is as they were building, as they were going, you know, building out the neighborhoods, they would basically build out these canals And they look like fingers, and the canals, if they were deep enough, you could put big boats in. And so that's the that's where the all the real estate was. So they would they would cut out these these basically it'd be one block that goes out to the end of the of the finger, and then they would build houses on each side and put docks on them, and you could have boats that go right out to the intercoastal, you can go out to the ocean or wherever you want to go. But there was a time. Yeah, there was a time when the intercoastal didn't go all the way through. There were parts where you had to portage, that kind of thing.
0: Gotcha. And then everybody gets to say that their house has water frontage and dock and all that kind of stuff, which exactly. makes it worth more, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, so Actually, wh- back to the commuting. I got us off the topic. but So if somebody was driving from like Fort Lauderdale to Miami, how long would that drive take?
1: Fort Lauderdale, Miami, anywhere from a half an hour to 45 minutes or an hour, depending on traffic um okay you know, we have rush hour here it used to be that if you if it was off season there was almost never traffic all the time but now it gets busy if you go through boca raton there's always traffic to boca raton especially on route 95 which is a giant super highway that goes all the way to canada so
0: right. And then the people like the service workers in Fort Lauderdale, the rest, all the people that live there year round, do they live in Fort Lauderdale
1: or do they move kind of to a suburb? I mean, Fort Lauderdale, I'm not sure what the population is. It's could be 300,000, 500,000 people. That's a big town. That's a big town. Miami's got a couple million. Uh, Boca Raton is a little smaller. West Palm Beach and Palm Beach is about the same size as Boca Raton. But you know, as you move away from the exclusive expensive areas, it gets cheaper and cheaper. There are apartments that you can get into and people can do. I mean, I, I remember when I was uh I was in California, they say, Oh, it's so expensive to live there. I go, Yeah, but there's still people that work at places like Nikki D's and those fast foods, they're not making ten dollars an hour yet, they're still able to support themselves. So There's always some place for people to go, depending on what they do from a
0: And then that's a good segue actually into what the major industries and employers are. I'm assuming tourism is the main main
1: driver of of
0: economics down there?
1: Yes, tourism is, that's what built Florida's tourism. Tourism and retirement because Florida is very warm. So I don't know if you remember the movie Scarface with Al Pacino. Okay. Oh yeah. They were down in South Beach, which is in Miami, but you saw these people in these rockers on the patios of all those buildings, which are now expensive hotels and restaurants and stuff. And that's what people. That's where they live. That's that's where the assisted living facilities were near the ocean, because it was not a lot of not a lot of population in those areas. But um, tourism is a huge has always been a huge part of it. Um, we have a cruise industry that is just enormous. And they go out for like a week at a time, maybe two or three days, sometimes just a day. Then gambling cruises, they go to the Bahamas, which is like an hour away on a boat. Or maybe six hours, five hours, I'm not sure. But um, it, tourism is very big. Um, because of all the people who have retired here, who, especially the wealthy ones, they need someone to manage their money. So the financial business, financial industry is incredibly big down here because they all need accountants. They all need financial planners. They all need they need all that stuff as well as real estate. You know, people are buying stuff, especially during this COVID thing, which we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but there are tons. I mean, all along the ocean, there are these 40, 50, Uh, story buildings everybody needs someone to buy it you know so um, and depending on the town will determine how expensive it is I happen to live in one of the least expensive areas of South Florida which is Pompano Beach and so the you know you can get a two bedroom here for roughly two three hundred thousand dollars or if you go to Miami a two bedroom could be four or five hundred thousand for the exact same apartment. Plus, then there are association fees associated with that. Um, but and also, they're now starting to build a technical world in Miami. They're pushing, you know, technology, just like just like Silicon Valley. They're actually pumping money into that into that area. Um, there are big networks like Univision and Telemundo. Um, everything, basically everything in South Florida, a lot of it deals with South and Central America. So they're they're uh, you know, like Telemundo and, and Univision are strictly Hispanic language television, and that's all about south of the border, Cuba.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Puerto Rico, Dominican, France. South America, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. So,
1: and that's based down here. That's a huge. That's a big industry as well
0: and what about colleges there's
1: a few colleges down around isn't there a fort lauderdale college uh not really a fort lauderdale college there used to be a fort lauderdale uh, uh, the art institute of fort lauderdale but that kind of got swept away when they started finding out it was kind of a scam but they have university of miami which is a powerful school great school uh fau fort lauderdale uh uh, is what it stands for but that's in boca raton that's a great school lynn university is another one that's up in boca raton uh florida institute or florida atlantic or oh, florida atlantic university is fau florida international university which is down in miami is actually a really good school they get and they have great football teams um you know i guess that's a sign of a good school is football um and uh you know so and and there's and they're up and down the east coast they have little divisions everywhere. What about
0: medical centers? You have, obviously everybody has hospitals and every, especially down there, probably uh, with retirees and elderly and seniors
1: and all that. A lot of
0: medical stuff.
1: Yeah. University of Miami has a huge, a gigantic medical center. Um, That's in Miami mostly, but they also have offices up here. Um, Yeah. There are big hospitals. Uh, Holy cross is a big one in Fort Lauderdale. And then you go up north, there's Boca Boca Regional Hospital. There's one called Bethesda, which is a great hospital. Um, That's really big. And the super huge industry here is home health care. People who are too old to take care of themselves or they just need support, that's incredibly huge down here.
0: Mm. Yeah. And, which uh, you mentioned before and both of you while well, you were in and now now svetlana is doing right yeah. she's still doing it you said right yeah
1: yeah and so then it, is
0: that through an agency or do you well, get your so own
1: I, work or dumb, a lot of times it's through an agency um but you can also be an independent you know especially if you have like nursing credentials and you can do life-saving stuff that's you can start go out and Basically, you charge more if you're an independent. Um, they have a thing called hospice care, which is not just persons dying three days later they're dead. Hospice care is about quality of life. So I've known people that have been on hospice care for two years because they're they're basically there to make sure that they're not they're not in pain. That's what hospice care is about. It's not about just letting the person die.
0: So, right, right. Yeah, totally. And I guess,
1: go ahead. That's a big industry too. Yeah.
0: yeah and it sounds like you could either you could, either, you could get scale or you could get scale plus something if you have your nursing degree and, and all these right. other can do CPR and, and right. all the other things that might be needed. Um, is there anything else you want to mention about employers or anything else
1: on that topic? Uh, well, there's, I mean, we have amazing restaurants. We've got, a, especially here in Pompano, they just, They've just grown. They've got restaurants along the beach. They've got restaurants near the beach. They have restaurants in buildings. There are apartment buildings that have restaurants, which is was unfathomable <laughs> to me, other than like a restaurant on the street in a building like in New York City. You know, these are part of the buildings. They're like little country clubs on. And uh, that's
0: awesome. So they're putting amenities in the kind of high rise situation like they would in a gated community.
1: Yeah, they have they have some pretty serious amenities down here. I mean, but you're going to pay for it. You're going to pay. I mean, sometimes they're charging two dollars a square foot for your association fees to keep the amenities going. Which is pretty Right, cool. somebody
0: has to pay for it, right? And somebody uh, has to replace uh, it, and hopefully they're budgeting correctly so that everybody doesn't get an assessment for $10,000 when a building needs a new roof or something.
1: Actually, that happens a lot down here, especially now with this uh, seaside, sunside, I forget the name of the town where the building fell. All the buildings are going through a, a revamping. They call it, they call it sometimes a 40, 40-year 40 plan if they're 40 years old they're uh, they, they're checking they're going through and checking it out with attorneys and with engineers we just did a 40 plus 10 which is we're a 50 year old building and our building's in great shape compared to every other building around here we're like one of the ours is one of the top and which is very <laughs> it makes me feel safe Yeah. I mean,
0: it's good that people are starting to pay attention to it because all a lot of these communities, even up here are aging and and nobody takes into account. We have one building that's kind of similar to a high rise down there. We have this one building that overlooks the river. Um, And they're very unique there's nothing else like it in our market but every time i show one the first thing i ask is i want to see the budget because this it's aging and i know that elevator shaft is getting old i know the roof is old i know these big ticket items are old and it's notorious for not having enough in the budget so it's definitely something to keep in mind um so what about so you mentioned restaurants and the service industry obviously that's huge there what else is there to do there?
1: Well, there's, there's, if you like being outside, if you like sweating, there's more golf than you can shake a stick at. There's, uh, they've got airboat rides that go into the Everglades. They got deep sea fishing. They got fishing everywhere. There's a place you can park your boat to fish. People are fishing. Actually, Michelle's husband is a Michelle uh, Baldessare in Boca. Her husband's a fisherman. And so, yeah, can, I think they
0: have a charter boat actually now.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's, it's, that's a huge industry down here. Um, another big industry, especially in Fort Lauderdale, is yachting. We're the largest, we're the largest yachting community in the world. Absolutely. Wasn't there just a
0: show there or close to there? This
1: weekend. This past weekend, yes. It's the yeah. biggest yacht show in the world? The biggest outside, outdoor yacht show in the world. And it's nothing but 300-foot yachts, one after another after another. It's and like, you get to
0: tour them, like walk on them?
1: Yep. Yep. They want wow. you to see it. They're
0: hoping you will spend fifty million dollars, or rent one for one night for a hundred thousand dollars a night or something.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So
0: you have lots of water sports: the fishing, um, everything else. I'm sort of water skiing and surfing and windsurfing and all that oh, kind of stuff. Snorkeling. Ball.
1: Don't forget pickleball. Pickleball. It's pickleball. huge here. I don't. I don't get it. It used to be like an old man sport. Now all the young kids are doing it, and it's uh, it seems like a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, my dad just started last week playing pickleball. It's getting big up here. I think it started in places like down there, and now it's slowly moving here. And our our population is aging, also. So in the last two years, I've noticed that every single township and municipality's tennis court has gotten new lines painted on it, additional lines. They didn't redo yeah. it as pickleball, but they all got pickleball lines. Um, and some even built purpose-built pickleball. So should have started a pickleball website about two years ago, <laughs> would have been yeah, doing great. Been,
1: yeah, I know in New York City, they're trying to build pickleball's uh, courts, like in Central Park. Oh yeah that's working on that. So
0: That makes sense. So, so. what about uh, if somebody wanted to see a concert, a big concert like Justin Bieber or some kind of stadium thing, where would you go to see a stadium type oh, of concert
1: or venue? I forget what it's called. It used to be the Hard Rock Stadium. Is it still the Hard Rock Stadium? Well, we have the Hard Rock Hotel, which has got a giant guitar. It's shaped into a giant guitar, and that's a big venue. That's like 8,000 seats. Uh, people like the Rolling Stones and, uh, and everybody you can name go there. There's the Hard Rock Stadium where the Miami Dolphins and the University of Miami play. They fill that place up for stadiums. There's a there's an amphitheater in West Palm Beach called Ann, I think. Um, there's what used to be called the AAA. It's where the Miami Heat play. Um, that's 18,000 seats. There's another one for where the Florida Plant, Florida Panthers play. That's in Sunrise, which is which is west of of fort lauderdale so we've got lots of events for we got lots of venues for events like that
0: yeah, you have a lot of pro sports down near and around you down there, which makes sense. People like to live somewhere where it's nice, so it's probably easy to attract players. And then right. every pro sports team, obviously, has a huge stadium, which becomes a, a venue for the other stuff. So that's cool. Um, and the last question before, because we got nine eight minutes left, real quick, where would you fly out of? If you got to fly somewhere else, you're obviously already in a cool vacation spot. But if you need to fly somewhere else, where are you flying out of?
1: I would fly, well, if I'm going to, like, Europe or Asia or something like that, usually Miami International, which is a giant hub for American Airlines and a lot of the big airlines and huge airplanes. Fort Lauderdale International Airport flies to, like, South and Central America. But they they have smaller airplanes there. Um, And then you have West Palm Beach, which is another international airport, but that's even smaller. Basically, there's... Donald
0: Trump flies back. So you have some choices as far as that goes, too. As as yeah. we do up here, we've got our Harrisburg close by. I love to use that because it's close there. But if I need to go further, I go to D.C. or New York or Philly or something. So it sounds somewhat similar. Um, so- oh, and there are a lot of
1: executive airports here. So. I'm sure.
0: Sky sports actually is what I was going to, you got water sports. And then also Florida, I know has a lot of sky sports, skydiving, pilot, piloting, taking pilot lessons. I know Emery Riddle, a big pilot school is down in Florida. So the water sports and the sky sports also are are big down there. Um, So we have seven minutes, seven and a half minutes. So we're going to rush through this, but. Not too rushy. Uh what are people gonna get for the money down there? If somebody's moving from up here down there, our average price used to be lower. Let's say it's three hundred ish here for around the average home. What are we looking at down there? Not for the three hundred, but what's a kind of an average price? Well, if
1: you're moving from a three hundred thousand dollar home down up there, you're gonna probably gonna wanna almost double that. Especially if you have a I mean if, I'm assuming a three hundred thousand dollar house is a big house.
0: You'd get a couple thousand square feet, maybe a two-car garage, probably a two-story with a quarter acre,
1: right? Yeah, quarter acre that that, that almost doesn't exist here because the, the the developers they basically get a square of land, and then they basically have to put so much in for the roads and so much in for the uh, the, the amenities if they're going to have green spaces and whatnot, and so the the properties usually don't have a lot of land. If they do, you have to be, like, farther out west, uh, like Parkland and Coral Springs. They have some bigger pieces of property out there. Um, there's a t- town called West End, which has got some pretty good-sized pieces of property. Davie, which is horse country. That's where the rodeos happen. Uh, oh, yeah, we do rodeos here. Um, they've got some big pieces of property there. Um there's another town just west of Palm Beach that's big horse country. They have huge horse shows there, you know, oh. like jumping and dressage and that kind of thing. So, yeah, people, horses that
0: like the hot weather, I guess, huh?
1: Yeah, well, horses like they don't like being cold, I'm sure. Um, they also have neighborhoods, they have a lot of neighborhoods that are airports. Like, you have a instead of a garage, you have a hangar next to your house. Now that's
0: yeah. awesome, and that goes along with my Sky Sports and a great place to fly. A lot of pilots move down there, so well, they they actually have this like a runway in the neighborhood.
1: Yeah, it's you. It's a lot of times it's just a, it's a flat grassy piece of land. I have a friend who's got <laughs> he's got an eighty five acre ranch. He's got his own airstrip and a hangar, uh, but these are this is like a community, like a planned community that has a ha- has has a runway, and everybody has a hangar that they. That they park their planes in, and then they go out and use the runway now they're, that's not awesome. be, they're not gonna be big planes because there's not you know that's a lot of land you gotta use there but yeah that's pretty cool so yeah not, and then so HOAs
0: all- sounds like hoas are huge down there H, we have some hoas here but they're not these big gated and restaurants and pools and clubhouses and all that we have a couple of them but not for the most part so it sounds like you have pretty serious HOAs with serious amenities. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about is every community an HOA with a gate around it?
1: Uh, well, if it doesn't, if it has a gate, it's got it's got an HOA. Basically, an HOA is an association that handles all of the bylaws and rules of an area. It could be one building within a community. And it, or it could be a number or the whole community. Um, like, for example, that St. Andrews that I mentioned earlier. That one, if you want, if you want to buy a house there, you got to join the club, and it, the price has gone up. But it was $150,000 just to get in the door, and that's just to you have to join the club, and then there are annual fees, and then you have to pay association fees, which do all the maintenance, and then you buy the house, and the houses there go from 600000 to $12 million.
0: And what about an average hoa fee i know they can fluctuate a lot depending on the amenities and what it is but here i can tell people that usually 80 bucks to 120 is kind of reasonable if i see above 120 200 300 something that makes me want to question why it's that high or if it's lower i want to question it as well what are what's the deal down there every building
1: is different like we pay about in my building we're paying about two twenty five a month for a one-bedroom a two-bedroom would be about four hundred dollars a month uh a a place that i almost sold in delray beach which is just north of fort lauderdale uh it was uh it was a million dollar apartment nine hundred and fifty eight dollars a month for association fees and there was no gym there was no restaurant just a pool that's it um the, it it varies it really does vary depending on size of your property and the the neighborhood you're in and it's it's all what they believe people will pay you know right
0: yeah. yeah and we have one I think we have one downsizing community up here and I'm going to quickly say, cause we have one minute left. Um, and I think the fee there is like three fifty, which is crazy for here. And everybody I show it to, I'm like the fee is kind of high, but as soon as you get somebody moving from Florida or somewhere that has them, they're like, that's nothing. I'll, I'll buy this in a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So, so, uh, like I said, we got a rush, but I want to ask you the last question, which has nothing to do with real estate at all. If you could do anything else other than editing videos, I think you've had your fill of that anyway. Uh, what would you do other than real estate? If you could do something else? Um, God, 50 seconds, five, zero seconds. 50 seconds.
1: Um, I would like to be in service in some time, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not the kind of person that should be in government because I got too many skeletons, but I would like to be of service. I mean, that's one of the things about home health care is you're helping people. But I don't want to, I would like to have, I would have a company that does home health care possible.
0: Nice. Uh, and Svetlana awesome. could work for, well, no, you let her be the equal or, or you could work for her. Let her be the CEO they to keep the, all, uh, keep the the house happy. Uh, and everybody we got 20 seconds here so I'm gonna close it out Um, everybody can see your info there or in the description up or down wherever you're watching contact me if you need to buy or sell a house call me text me email me throw a rock through my window send a carrier pigeon whatever you need to do thanks for watching and listening and we'll see everybody later we got five seconds say bye Sandy
1: see you guys
0: see everybody Bye Bye.